Hi, this is Lily, and I'm a member of the Beacon Church. Welcome to our podcast. If you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to meet you. We meet every Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30, or 12 noon. We are located at 65 East Williston Avenue in East Williston, New York. For more information, visit us at visitbeacon.com. See you soon. So, dramatic irony, you know, the literary device. It's great for stories, makes for engaging and entertaining stories, as long as you're not the protagonist of the story, right? Uh, A few years ago, Lindsay and I were down in Rocky Point, Mexico, which is about a four-hour drive south of Phoenix, and Lindsay grew up in Phoenix, and before she moved to New York, she developed this tradition where she and a bunch of her friends would go down to Rocky Point every June for this big sand soccer tournament and music festival. And the whole thing was organized and put on, the sand soccer tournament, music festival, all of it was put on by this one band that was Phoenix Famous. They're not like real famous. You probably wouldn't have heard of them. They had a couple of hits in the 90s and they've just been riding that wave. But, but the Phoenicians love them. So it's not like a few hundred people. It's several thousand people migrate down to Rocky Point the first weekend of June every year for this, uh, this music festival. And this particular year, the music festival landed on Lindsay's 30th birthday. And I know you're thinking, isn't Lindsay only 25? Uh, no. <laughs> She's not. In fact, in fact, she's older than me. She's, she's a whole year older than me, six months out of the year. Uh, so, <laughs> so we're down there, uh, and Lindsay, she's you know, out there playing soccer like the champ that she is, and I'm lying, getting sunburnt like the lazy white boy that I am, and I engage in conversation with this guy. It turns out he is the band's photographer. He's like really, really close. He travels around to the band. He knows them really well, Uh, and so I see an opportunity, and so I mention that it's Lindsay's 30th birthday, and I drop some not-so-subtle hints that it'd be really cool if she got like a shout-out from stage, like a happy birthday, and he picked up on my not-so-subtle hints, and he said, you know, like, yeah, I think I can make something work. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this whole situation. And that night, Lindsay and I, we crowd in with everybody else at the concert and we're waiting and she doesn't know any of this happened. So I'm here and I'm just like looking forward the whole night, like hoping that I'm going to get this, you know, Lindsay's going to get this special shout out from stage. And uh, it gets to the point in the concert where the lead singer, he, he uh, is going to do his thank yous and his shout outs to everybody. And so he pulls up this paper, but it's like, sopping wet. Somebody spilled like water on it. It's falling apart and he's like trying to make it out. He reads a couple names off and then he's just like, you know, this isn't working. He scraps it and he's like, thanks everybody. And I'm thinking, no, that was my chance. Like that was it. And sure enough, the next day I run into the photographer and we're talking and, and my suspicions were confirmed. That was the moment where it could have happened. Her name was right there. It was all set to go uh, and it, it just didn't work out. But then he also informed me that he managed to get us backstage VIP access for the concert. He put us on the list, which would have been really great information to have yesterday. <laughs> uh, and so we were, we were there crowded in with the, you know, the rest of the plebeians and he, he, we had no idea that we had this backstage access the whole time. And so we're here and we're, we're hoping, waiting that we get this special shout out from the stage when in the meanwhile, we could have just been hanging out backstage with all the bands. And this, this sort of situation reminds me of uh, where we can get 
So we're in this series, we're talking about listening from God. You know, is anybody out there? Can we hear from him? And Robert uh, pointed out last week that God, God is crazy about you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And he, he communicates to us through a variety of ways. And who doesn't want to hear from God? Like, who wouldn't want to have some special, you know, supernatural interaction with the creator of the universe? Maybe, you know, maybe not all the time, but maybe when you're, like, going through a hard time or you have a big decision ahead or, you know, I think even skeptics, maybe you're, you're a skeptic, maybe that's you, but even skeptics wouldn't mind hearing from God because then it would kind of clear up this whole thing, like, yes, he exists. I, I think we'd all love to have some, some special message from God. Who, who wouldn't? But the, the irony is we're here on planet Earth, crowded with the rest of the, you know, humanity, looking out at the cosmos, waiting, waiting, hoping to get some shout out from above. And all the while, we have backstage VIP access to the mind of God. See, we we've, are sometimes waiting to hear from God, forgetting that God has already spoken to us through the Bible. The Bible gives us this backstage access to the mind of God. It's incredible. And I know it sounds super cliche. And, you know, growing up, I, you know, I'd hear people talk about the Bible and be like, oh, you should read the Bible and all of that. And I was grateful for it. I believed it was the word of God. But I also thought it was kind of boring and sometimes confusing and not that interesting. And yet, the Bible offers so, so much more than I ever dreamed. And what I want to do today is I want to show you why, why I'm convinced that the Bible is better than any other word that you could receive from God. John Piper, he says, the great need of our time is for people to experience the living reality of God by hearing his word personally and transformingly in scripture. Something is incredibly wrong when the words we hear outside scripture are more powerful and more affecting to us than the inspired word of God. Uh, you know, the, the rest of the series, we're going to talk about how to hear from God in, in other ways. And I believe God does communicate to us in other ways. And that's, that's great. But none of these other promptings or, or uh, desires or communications that God might give to us, none of them compare to what he's already given to us in his word. So what I, I want to do this morning is, is show you why I'm, I'm convinced this is true, but also how we can start to experience God's word in this way, where it's, it's actually revealing not just what we're supposed to do, but who he is, that we get to know him personally. And so if you have a Bible, you want to open up to 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 10. So... This is written by Peter, the Apostle Peter, St. Peter. This is the you know, disciple of Jesus, walked with Jesus. And he is writing this not to uh, any particular church. This, the goal was he'd write this and would kind of circulate from church to church to church so that Christians all over would be able to get this message. And the, the particular Christians that he's writing to at this time, they're experiencing incredible persecution. All right, the people are being killed for their faith. And Peter writes this because he wants to encourage them to let them know that, that the salvation that they've received, it's so good. It's better than anything. All right. And he begins in verse 10. He says, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come searched intently and with greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah 
and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told by those who have preached the gospel to you, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It says even angels long to look into these things. It says the, the prophets. These are the Old Testament prophets. These are the guys, like when you read through the Old Testament, you see these stories of people literally hearing like a voice from God or being met by angels or, you know, coming across a burning bush and seeing pillars of clouds. And these are the prophets. These are people who are getting these direct messages from God, right? And it's not just like they got a direct message. This is happening. This is like their whole lives are marked by receiving these really awesome direct messages. Like, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be awesome, <laughs> right? If God showed up to you, an angel showed up to you to give you, uh, you know, a special message from God. These guys were having that happen all the time. And it says that these guys took those messages that they received, and it says they searched them intently. See, they searched them intently because they were searching for something more. Nobody searches for something when they're satisfied, right? Satisfied people don't keep searching for something else. Like, you guys ever misplace your car keys? I'm sure I'm not the only one who does this. You, you realize, you know, you always find your car keys in the last place you look, right? Because you don't keep on looking after you find your car keys, right? Nobody's like, oh, here they are. I found my car keys. Can you just check under the bed to make sure they're not there? You know, like, once we find what we're looking for, we stop searching. So the prophets who had these amazing experiences hearing from God directly, they took what they heard and they continued to search it intently. Not just what they heard, but anything that was heard from the prophets that were before them as well. They kept searching it intently because they realized it wasn't, it wasn't as satisfying as, as maybe we might think to hear this special message from God. In fact, it says that they searched it intently and they came to realize that God revealed to them that these special messages that they were receiving weren't even for them. It says they were intended for you. It's pretty crazy, but the, the prophets who came before us, the ones who had these special encounters with God, they realized that the messages they got were intended for you. And so it might be true that God has never shown up to you in a burning bush. But God did show up for you in a burning bush with a message just for you. And maybe you never had an angel come and visit you, but countless angels have visited with messages just for you. The prophets, they began to realize that, that even these encounters that they were having, these supernatural encounters, they're great and everything, but, but there was something better. And I know sometimes I get kind of like jealous, like, I wish I could be a prophet. I wish I could have those experiences. I was just talking to somebody last week who said, man, I just, I want to hear from God. Like the, the people in the Bible, like heard from, I want to hear him, right? Who doesn't want to hear him? And yet the people, the prophets who heard him regularly, they were actually jealous of you. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That the, even though they had these amazing experiences with God, they actually envied you because you have something that they wanted so much more. And what is it that you have? It says that not only do you have the message of the prophets, but it says that you have the fullness of that message that came to you 
through those who preached the gospel to you through the same Holy Spirit. So the same Holy Spirit that created and crafted the Old Testament through the prophets, he spoke through the apostles and he gave us the message of the gospel through the apostles. And they wrote down the New Testament. (laughs) So the The authors of the Old Testament, the prophets who wrote the Old Testament, who had these amazing experiences with God, envied you because you have the Old Testament and the New Testament. (laughs) What they longed for was to see the, the complete picture, the rest of the story that is unfolded for us in the New Testament. And then he closes this whole thing out, right? And he says, even angels long to look into these things. Even angels long to look into these things. The angels who, these are the people that are like, not people, angels, beings that are able to actually go and come from the presence of God. And what they long for is to look into these very same things that were written by the the prophets in the Old Testament and the apostles in the New Testament. They're, They're completely enamored with them. In fact, this, this idea of longing to look for him, that word, is the word that is, is translated lust in other parts of the Bible. You guys know what lust is, right? It's the angels have this, this lust to see these things that are, are packaged in the Bible, to, to just stare and have this insatiable desire to know and, and just bathe themselves in this. These things that Peter's talking about. Now, these things is not the Bible, all right? It's not that they're, they're really craving to look at the Bible. These things, he says, are the, the things, uh, he starts off by saying, the things concerning this salvation. It's the, the grace that the prophets spoke about. It's the, the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. And, and then he says, it's the gospel that was preached to you. These are the things that the prophets were searching for. That the prophets, even though they had these amazing like, visions and experiences with God, they longed to be able to see these things. And the angels, they, they love to look into these things. And it turns out that these things, these things are what the Bible is all about. That's what makes scripture so amazing. Not because it's a a list of rules and regulations. What makes the Bible amazing is because it's revealing these things that that even angels, they just like can't get enough of looking at these things. That the prophets who heard the voice of God wished, wished they had access to these things. Because it's not just a message. God didn't just give us a message. God sent his son He sent his son to live among us, to live the obedient life that we couldn't, to die the death that we deserved. He conquered death once and for all, for me and for you, and he invites us all into this just simply by faith. It's incredible news for us. And the angels, they're just enamored at this. And I know sometimes this doesn't feel amazing, you know? Sometimes, you know, you've heard this all before, and it just kind of sounds like, I know this, I know this. But the angels, all right, the angels who've been around a lot longer than we have, they they keep looking into it because they find that the depths and the riches of this, they're just unsearchable. And those unsearchable depths are revealed for us in the Scripture, It's what the prophets, Peter says, the prophets, all those messages they got, it's what they were pointing toward. 
and the apostles who are writing down the New Testament, all of them are looking back on these things and explaining these things for us. And so we, we can understand the depths of the riches of the wisdom of God revealed in the gospel when we just dive into scripture. So if, if you're like me, I, I, I grew up in the church, I heard the gospel, uh, and I, I thought I knew the gospel. And I did. Like, I knew the gospel in its essence, but I didn't know the gospel in its fullness. Uh, I still don't know the gospel in its fullness. I'm still trying to stare into these things as angels do to unpack it. But for a long time, I thought the, the gospel, the good news of my salvation, was something like, oh, that's, that's the, the basics, and I'll know that, believe that, and then kind of move on to, now I'm going to be a good Christian. And so the Bible became, for me, all about how do I become a good Christian? Because I thought I knew enough of the gospel. But it turns out that it's, it's unsearchable in its depth. There's so much that we can know. Uh, so Lindsay and I are in the process of buying a house with a couple of friends. Uh, we're like a couple weeks away from close. I know. That's super exciting. We're super pumped. I think we have a picture of it here. Uh, so uh, it's, it's going to be a little tight, but we're, we're going to make it work. Uh, no. Uh, no, here's, here's an actual picture of my house. Uh, and, yeah, uh, this is so cute. Uh, you don't have to applaud. Uh, <laughs> you guys now know what my future house looks like, right? You see a snapshot. Uh, but none of us would assume that you've seen everything in, that, you know, seen everything that has to do with my house, that you've seen all of it, right? You've, you have a snapshot of it. You'd be able to, like, recognize it as you were driving down the street, if it didn't look like all the other houses. <laughs> but you haven't seen everything there is to see about my house. You might have seen everything you want to see about my house, but, uh, but what about this other house, all right? Let's go back to this other house, all right? So this house, man, you, you have a snapshot of it. You see it, and it's, it's beautiful, and it's grand. But imagine you got invited to come over for a picnic, and you're walking around the grounds, and you actually get to see it from different angles and different perspectives and different lighting throughout the day as the sun starts to set and the lights in the house start to glow. And, and then we invited you in, and you get to walk through, and you get to experience room by room and how the rooms transition one to the next and the, the ornate details and the moldings and the trims. And as, as you experience more and more of this house from different viewpoints, you start to see and and be impacted by its beauty and its grandeur, right? You're able to see it and see that it's beautiful and grand from the beginning with, but the more time spent seeing it from all these different angles gives us a fuller picture. So we are impacted more deeply by, by the beauty and the grandeur. And this is exactly what happens when we were able to look at the gospel from all these different perspectives. And this is what makes the Bible incredible is that the Bible gives us this access, right? It gives us this access to the truth of what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. And, I, you know, it's not, it's not simple. I mean, you could summarize it simply, but the depths of it, as you, you bask in just the, the wisdom of God, right? And as you read through the New Testament to be able to see how the gospel impacts every area of life. And, and it's easy to read through the gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the stories of Jesus, and see the gospel. It's even easy to read through the rest of the New Testament where they talk about the gospel and unpack the salvation that we have through Jesus. But even, he says, even the Old Testament, right? 
It says all of the, the things that the prophets had, these messages, these special messages that they had, they were looking at these messages intently, longing to know what they were pointing toward, right? Because all of these things in the Old Testament are pointing ahead to the gospel as well. And one of the, the joys that I've discovered over the last several years in my reading of the Bible is being able to understand the gospel according to the Old Testament. Did you know that the, first, the very first prophecy about Jesus is in chapter 3 of Genesis? So you're only like a few pages into the Bible, and you already have a reference pointing ahead to the good news of what God is going to do through Jesus. There's this moment right after Adam and Eve, they eat the forbidden fruit, things fall apart, and God says, no, but a son is going to come, and that son is going to crush, he's going to crush sin and evil and the source of all of these things, but in the process, he's going to be struck, and he's going to die. It's like, this is, this is Jesus. He's talking about the cross where Jesus would die for our sins, but in the process, he would crush the source of sin. It started way back then. Immediately after this, you have God actually doing something very strange if you don't see it in light of the gospel, but it says that the very first, the very first death in the whole of the Bible happens after this. The very first time blood is shed, and it's actually God who kills innocent animals. All right? He takes these animals and he lets their blood be spilled so he can make coverings. He makes clothes for Adam and Eve and he covers their nakedness and their shame. And these innocent animals die and their blood is spilled so that their sin and shame could be covered. What is this about? This is about Jesus. This is about the fact that Jesus died on the cross and his blood was spilled so that your shame could be covered. So, and, and you start to see that all throughout all of these stories, all of the laws even, you read the laws and it's like, this is so boring. Uh, and, and it's like, it can be tough. But then you start to realize, well, these are all of the things that Jesus actually accomplished for me. And I can't, I can't live these out. But Jesus lived all of these things perfectly, and he did it for me. And we start to see that, that God's promise to Abraham, that the whole world would be blessed through his offspring, that, whole, that promise that Jesus is the offspring of Abraham through whom the whole world is currently being blessed. That the name of Jesus is being preached on every continent and people from every tongue and tribe and nation are experiencing the glory of God and being blessed by the message of this salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. And that, that started with a promise to Abraham 4,000 years ago. See, as we read through the Old Testament, we start to see all of these different facets of the gospel. And it comes alive and we start to see, this is really good news. This is something that's worth looking into. And any other, any other special prompting we might get from God or any other message, the best that that can do, the best that that can do is actually remind us of something that's in here, but it can't add anything to this because this is, is complete. What's in the scriptures, what God has given to us, it's amazing. It is, and I hope, I hope that you don't take my word for it. I do. This is the amazing thing about the Bible. Like if I was just telling you about some personal experience I had from like a voice from God, I could just say, well, I hope that God does that for you. I don't have to do that because I could say, you know what? Go search the scriptures yourself. There's something transferable about scripture that I could say, you know, you don't have to wait for a message from God. He's already spoken. Take it, dive in. And here's, here's just a, a few 
uh, a few tips for you guys as you do this so that maybe uh, we can together experience just a little bit more of this sort of joy coming from God's word that we would long to look into these things in the same way that the angels long to look into these things. We'd be able to look into these things with joy through God's revealed word. And, and the first is, as you're, you're reading scripture, search the gospel. Search the gospel. Don't just search for like the moral truth that you could apply to your life. That's good, all right? I don't wanna, you know, there's a, a level of obedience here. But don't let, don't let that be the starting point. There's a, a new TV show out uh, on CBS called Living Biblically. Anybody see this? Uh, it's actually a sitcom, and it's strange because it's on like national television. And the whole premise is this guy has a midlife crisis, and he decides that he's now going to live his life in submission to the Bible. And he starts to do this, and things go well for him, and he becomes a better person. And the, I, I could tell that the, the writers behind this, they actually think they're, they're honoring the Bible by saying, hey, if you submit to the Bible, you'll become a better person. And that's, that's true, but it's not, it's not the primary reason God gave us the scriptures. It says that the prophets received these messages and the apostles wrote them down through the power of the Holy Spirit so that we could know these things about the gospel. So as you read scripture, don't, don't just read the commands and say, all right, I need to apply this to my life or read the Bible stories like it's one of Aesop fables where we try to pull out the moral nugget to apply to our lives. Like these are good. But first and foremost, search for these things, the things that the angels long to look into, the, the truths of our salvation being revealed throughout all of scripture so that we could see the, the love and the glory of God revealed in scripture. And as we do, do it with, with all your mind, all right? The very next thing that Peter says, which is, uh, kind of sounds fine in this translation. He says, therefore, with minds that are uh, alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace, all right? So he says, with, with your minds, uh, fully alert and sober. Uh, but the old King James has like a more literal translation, kind of coming from the Greek. And he says, gird the loins of your mind, all right? That as we go into uh, scripture and we try to unpack these things from scripture, this isn't just some like wishy-washy new age thing. It's like, oh, just bask in its glory and feel something weird and indescribable. No, no, no. This, this is going to require some thought. <laughs> Gird the loins of your mind. He's like, you know, put on the jock strap of your mind and get in there because we got work to do. And, you know, you can't just kind of float around in there. You can't just kind of read it through. And so gird the loins of your mind, like really engage with the, the scriptures thoughtfully. I'm not saying that like every time you go to the Bible, it's going to be this fun worship experience. Like sometimes it's going to be confusing, but if we, we work at it, we can come to know these things that are revealed. All right. So, so read the Bible, reread the Bible, read it in small chunks, read it in big chunks, read books about the Bible, read commentaries, come and participate in discipleship class. Use your mind. God give you a mind to know these things. And it's going to require that effort, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take a rocket surgeon, right? You guys, it's not Peter, all right? Peter, who's writing this, was a simple fisherman. Peter didn't actually even write this letter. Like, he dictated it to Silas because Peter probably couldn't write that well. Like, he wasn't a very educated person. And yet, as you read through the rest of this letter, you see that Peter is, like, referencing the Old Testament and quoting it numerous times. He probably couldn't even read that well, but he knew these things because he took his mind, the mind that God gave him, 
And he girded the loins of his mind to know and search these things and understand them. All right? So do it with all your mind, but don't, don't let it be just an intellectual experience either. All right? Because we need to also be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because if this just stays in our minds, if it never gets to our hearts, then it, it becomes about something I know, which builds me up. But when it gets to our hearts, it becomes more about the one we get to know. And we get to see the awe of our God. And it actually leads us to worship of him, not elevating ourselves. And this is something that the Holy Spirit has to do in us. Uh, you know, P- uh, Paul in Ephesians, he prays this prayer over the Ephesians. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, right? He prays for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, not so that you can know, like, which path to take next or how to make this big decision. He prays for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him, God, better. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you are called, right? Praise that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened through the, through the Holy Spirit by his power so that you can know this hope, that you can unpack these things that are revealed, the things concerning your salvation that are revealed in Scripture. This is something that the Holy Spirit has to do in us, right? And I, I can't tell you how. Like, I, I don't even fully understand how this works. Like, I couldn't draw you a diagram, uh, but it's true. There are things, things that I've read a thousand times that, that the Holy Spirit will just reveal to me in a new way as I'm reading. It's like, oh, wow, <laughs> wow. And I, I am just kind of befuddled with just how, how awesome God is as he reveals himself through scripture and through, through the gospel that's revealed in this word. These things that angels just long to look into. This is an amazing, amazing book. It is giving you backstage access to the mind of God and what he has been doing throughout all eternity. And I hope and I pray that you will, you will take the time to engage the scripture, searching for the gospel with all your mind, empowered by the Holy Spirit, so that you too can become enamored with your salvation in the way that, that the angels are enamored with your salvation. That would bring you to this place of awe and wonder at the the glory and the wisdom of our God. Let me pray for us. Father, you are glorious. And what you've done through through your son, through his sufferings for us, and the glory that awaits us because of his suffering, God, these are incredible things. Things that are, uh, they easily just become things we know things that uh, they don't mean that much. They aren't stirring in us any awe or wonder. So I pray that your spirit will empower us to be able to engage your word in such a way that you are revealing the depths of this to us on an ongoing basis, God, so that we just fall in love with you and understand how much you love us. We worship you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.